The Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of divine spirit. And I love movies. I think there's always messages in the movies and the music. So I was watching Harriet on the way out, and I would watch Judy on the way back. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about both those ladies. But Somewhere Over the Rainbow was the song I was going to play, but that song took us to that imagining place that that song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, takes us. Because what we were need in today is love. And that song, I believe, when Judy was singing it, she poured all the love she had in her little body in that song. And then we opened up with Imagine. I don't know whether you guys were hovering around my door yesterday or what, but my latest journal, which is smaller than usual because of the words it said on the front of it, Imagine and Create. So I'm like, okay, these people are creeping around my window, knowing what I'm going to say. But you don't, because I was so excited about this convention. I brought this jacket back. You like it? It had my name on it. It was a power and decision. But what was most excited is when I went out there, I'm like, I'm going out there again. There's a lot of gray-haired, older white folks all up in this camp. And I'm like, where are the black people at? So I saw some diversity, and I heard some diversity, because we opened up with German and French and Arabic, and we started to see some diversity for the first time, just in what we were presenting. And then I said, you know what? It's going to be up to me to get this to the people. It used to be that we waited for it to come to us. You know, I think that might have been how it got designed, and I didn't know that because I was a newbie. In 1999 is when I discovered that it was 1998 when I heard Kennedy Schultz on the radio say, do you have a greater idea about God? And the God that I was taught scared the crap out of me. I was headed to hell based on everything I liked. I like drinking, I like sex, you know, and I like some other things I might not say. <laughs> but wherever I was going, it wasn't written the way the Bible had it out, the way they were telling me it was scaring me. And I knew at age 21 that my life wasn't over because I had married and divorced already. But according to what I was growing up, it was done. It was a done deal. It was over. So let's fast forward in my life that I know that there's decisions that we make every day. So what happened during the new year, you know how we do the burning bowl, and you may do it here where you let go of some of the things that you don't want to carry into the new year, and then you invite what you want. Okay, we always invite new things, and by the time February gets here, we forgot what we invited, right? What I invited this year 
I can see clearly now. And that means I'll never forget that. That can be my mantra for the rest of my life because I'm always moving into new ground, so I got to see clearly about that new ground. So we're going to hear that song later. I'm going to play that too, but we've got such talent with us today that we'll get to hear that live. But I'm telling you, the book, The Power of Decision, fell off my desk, and it actually fell apart. Look at how I've used this book. You know, they say there's a book out there that's for us, and many people call it the Bible. But when they sent us to school, they sent us to many classes. It wasn't just one class that we went to. We went to math, we went to science, and we went to literature. We went to, to thine own self be true. You had Shakespeare, right? Shakespeare told us at 17, 16 maybe for some of us, 15, to thine own self self be true. Isn't that a power in a decision? So we really started making our decisions very early in our lives, little did we know. So knowing that I was powerful in my decisions, I had to figure out what was going on in my life because something major happened. And again, the power is in the messages and the music. You know, I grew up on Disney and Animal Kingdom, the Brady Bunch, Star Trek, Half the things I see in Star Trek is happening now. They were talking into their wrist, and now we are talking into our wrist. You could see Jetsons. You could see the person. Betty had this little camouflage thing that she would wear because, you know, she didn't have her makeup on when she first woke up, but she didn't want you to see how she really looked when she woke up. So she had this little mask thing that she could wear. Now we can look on our phones and see each other immediately. So imagine power and decision, right? Decision was made. It sounded like fantasy. It's not a fantasy. It's imagination. And we decide we get to create it. So here I go, living my life, wondering whether I'm all-powerful. I have children. I get married. I told you I got divorced. Well, I got married again. That one lasted longer. But during the season of nonviolence, which we are in right now, I was getting clearer through this teaching finding it in 1999, well, 98 on the radio, but it took me a while to get there. I'm like, I don't want a flavor of the month. You know, I was looking. I didn't want this to be a new thing because I had tried this. I had tried that. Nothing was working for me. This worked. I sat in the back initially, but I made my way to the front. And as I made my way to the front, I got clearer. Kennedy said, take classes. I took classes. He said, contribute. He said, I, I, I contribute. I got three kids. Why am I contributing to them? They are my trust fund. But when I started contributing other places, the money came from places that I didn't know it was going to come from because I was getting fed there. You pay where you get fed. If you don't get fed, don't pay. Don't eat it. Go somewhere else. But if you're getting paid well, you get fed well. So I got started contributing, and money was coming from somewhere, and I took classes. So in 2002, I think I'd had enough of what was going on, because in 2001, 9-11 happened. And what happened was it showed me that life can end just like that. And even this year, Kobe Bryant, life can end just like that. 
So I was kind of sick of this mess we were going through with my relationship. So I told him, in the season of nonviolence, it came to me. I was going to service. I actually thought I was going to faint, never fainted before in my life. My son was with me. I was describing how I felt. I s <laughs> and then I felt fine. He went his way to the youth group. I went my way to the main group where Kennedy was speaking. I think it might have been Paul Gagne by then because Kennedy was retiring the year that I got there. So I'm glad I got some of him. So whatever message that was taking place during that day said, your husband's got to start over. He's got to make you say, I do again. So this ring was my wedding ring and my engagement ring combined. Put on a different hand. Change the shape. You're going to have to start over, put another ring. Well, long story short, couldn't do it. I ended up moving into a new life in 2002. And during that year, I got an award from IBM. Decided that I was going to um, go to San Francisco versus New York. Had always been in New York and San Francisco. Drove a convertible while there. Invented a car in my mind. I want a convertible with a hard top and a sunroof. Didn't exist. I drive a hard top and a sunroof right now. Volkswagen made it in 2007. Not Maserati, which I can't afford. Volkswagen made it, which I can't afford. Right? Maserati could have made it. Still wasn't sitting in the parking lot at the dealership. Mine sitting in the parking lot at my house because we have power in our decisions. Every little thing that came up. Well, I bought the car, and then guess what? IBM said, you're not going to have a job no more. What? I just bought the car. <laughs> Wait a minute. Come on, people. By the time this happens, 2003, I become a practitioner. When I became a practitioner, I thought all hell was over. You got this. You know how to pray. Things stop. You like this. You're a Jedi. <laughs> Mind trick. You don't mess. No, that doesn't work like that. It works here. The power is in here. The power of decision is here. So I find out I'm going to lose my job. Still cry because it's shock. What? I'm the only one paying my bills. I don't have this magic wand. I don't have sugar daddy over here taking care of business. I'm divorced by now. First thing I do, get quiet. Next thing I do is listen. Next thing I do is pray. Those are the three things I want you to take with you today. When you want to get clear about something, get quiet, listen, and say. Yes, you're praying. So we got to watch what we say. So I thought about it. You know, almost in the same day, I wouldn't have changed a thing. I had traveled the world on IBM's dime by then. I had been places I had never thought about before. I said, finally, using prayer that God gave me, and I'm in ministerial class, by the way, so I should be stronger than that. It's going to come at you. I don't care what kind of license you have, what kind of credentials you say you have, whatever PhD you say you have, the universe is going to show you what you made up continuously every day for the rest of your life. So if anybody tells you that there's nothing happening in their lives that's terrible, go the opposite way because they are not telling you the truth and it might rub up on you some of that mess they got going on because you don't know <laughs> what's happening in their lives. So I get in the, uh, one Sunday I sit in the middle of the yard, in the middle of my um, apartment, and I decided to do my first vision board because, you know, the secret came out about um, 
that time, 2007, 2008, and I didn't know what a vision board was, but I got my butt in the floor and cut out pictures of things I wanted to do and who I liked and wanted to be like and wanted to continue to do and didn't, all those things, and Joyce Reynolds was on this board. I pulled this board out recently, and guess who I got to be with for lunch almost immediately? Joyce Reynolds. Joyce Reynolds said, you what? What are you doing these days? She said, you're ordained. She said, why don't you act like it? Let me tell you how I act like it. Fast forward to 2015. I'm living in Buckhead. Um, I do get my minister's license. I get ordained about this month, so I think February is my power month. Get ordained in Las Vegas. How about that? What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. <laughs> I had to move from my 12 year of living in Buckhead immediately after that. The universe says, you're not doing that no more. You're a new chick. My life has not been the same since I've been ordained. I thought after becoming a practitioner, it changed. After I thought becoming a minister, it changed. It will continue to change. The clearer you get about being quiet and listening and praying and saying, your life shows up. So that same year, I was so glad to have a job because I ended up staying with IBM. <laughs> I'm still with IBM. Six months job has turned into 12 years. That's all, God. That's quick. I jumped out of the plane that year, 2008. I was so glad to get a job, maybe, I don't know. I think I was removing all doubts at that point because I don't even know what I'm afraid of anymore because I didn't know my job was going to happen that way. I didn't know what was coming that way, but I knew life was coming at me regardless of the fact that I knew how to pray. So what I'm learning is that we have the ability to overcome everything working with the science of mind and the laws that are created. The two ladies I want to include in my story today are ladies that I watched, like I said, in the movie Going Out and Coming Back. The things that I think we have in common that I want to tie into Black History Month is Harriet and nonviolence will be all three of us. But Harriet Tubman, let me start with her. She was the most famous conductor of the Underground Railroad, helping over 70 slaves to freedom. You know, she got free by herself the first time. Uh, she changed her name to Harriet because that was her mother's name and that was her husband at the time's name, so she combined the two. But after um, um, Harriet was one that led 150 black Union soldiers to free over 750 slaves from a rice plantation. Now, she was the only woman to ever lead an expedition not just black woman, woman. She part, she had some claim in human and women's suffrage. She died surrounded by loved ones at the age of 91 years old. That's Harriet. Judy Garland, we all best know her from The Wizard of Oz. She was about 17 years old when she was when that movie was released. So she was probably about 16 when they were making it. And during that time, um, you know, that movie came out in 1939. That's the year my mother was born. So I was born in 1959. 
So 20 years later, this movie is a classic. And we're all watching it, right? I'm watching it. I don't even know that this movie is in color, right? Because we had a black and white TV until I got a certain age. And then all of a sudden, I see that the movie turns color when we get a color TV after she lands on the witch. I'm like, this has been in color all the time. It's amazing what you don't know, right? It's amazing what you just don't know. So I found out that the movie was in color, and I just love the movie with the imagination. There's no place like home, because home is inside of us, is the short answer of that story. But what happened in the movie showed Judy was really, she had lost her way. That music that she had given us was phenomenal, but there was something in her that she didn't remember, and she had lost her way. So she ended up dying at the age of 47 in 1969 when I was only 10 years old. And she had had been estranged from her family, her, her two younger children. We know about Liza, who seemed to have made it, but we don't know the other children's names. But I think I, when, you know, when, when Harriet got quiet, if anybody's seen the movie, did she listen? And she heard and she prayed and she led. The Negro spirituals were a way that we got free, too. The songs let us out. So I thought about Judy coming back. Her song probably let her out. Because if there's any truth to any parts of it, you know how they you know, glorify the movies. But if one of her last songs was somewhere over the rainbow, it let her out. Because what I learned in the movie that I didn't know about her is that she did try to commit suicide two years prior. And that messed up her throat. And now she doesn't even have the voice that was probably saving her all this time. So let us know what saves us. It's not some external force out here that they told us about when we were little. It is inside of you. We get to sit and be quiet. I got moved so I could be quiet. And when I got quiet out here in Wildwood and the Vinings area, because I was a Buckhead babe, now I'm out here where there's no more. I can't get to the airport by train. What is happening here? I'm upset. I go out there kicking and screaming, right? I should know better by now, right? Uh, I'm still not listening to the powerful decisions that I made to graduate high school, where my graduation, to you know, make sure that this man treats me right if we're going to stay together, to, uh, to jump out of a plane, make sure you get all your fears out of the way. The cardinal symbolizes something that went way back in my life because being ordained and fast-forwarding to 2017, which is my own little 9-11 because I still don't know how I feel, I found out at 58, that I don't know who my biological father is. My mother decided that her life had to be molded in a way that they did back then. That's why I say I can see clearly now. Not the rain is gone, the lie is gone. Because there were obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. There's a bright, sunshiny day. It explains everything about how some things were happening or the way I was treated or why life was different for me and my sisters and brothers. But what I found that we all find, because it's inside us, 
without any of it even though I'm here with you today showing you how the power of who you are works in you at three years old is when this is happening right I'm three years old born in Boston we moved down south beyond the Mason-Dixon line I'm feeling some differences and it's not until 2016 I have a granddaughter Lyric who you will probably meet one day who gets born into this world the fourth of my grandchildren who had some before then I'm having memories now of when I was little and it's all because of Lyric I go to my mom and say mom is this I remember symphonies and ice cream and Brigham's and this and she said this is when you were little in Boston I'm at her house and she turns around and she says, by the way, you don't know who your father is. He adopted you when you were three. I think it was time for me to know. If I had known at 16, I would not be Angela. I remember Judy. Judy found out some things when she was very young. Things happened to her when she was very young that derailed her. I wasn't supposed to be derailed. I'm supposed to be here for you to show you that God's in you when you're three, we're here to support that. If you forgot, we're here to support that. There is a way, there is a will. When the end is held firmly enough in consciousness, the means to bring it about has already been set in motion. My ability to be here in front of you was set in motion so long ago. I know that I can see clearly now. That had to happen while my folks were alive. So many people find that out when their parents die. You know how you go to a funeral? Well, that's your cousin. What? She looked like auntie. You know, you usually see that happening. That didn't happen for Angela Harmon. Angela's supposed to know now because there's so many people out here living a lie. There's fake money all around. I had a fake 20 down here somewhere right there. Hold that up. Reverend Tony, look at that. Uh, you know, something happened brand new. I found that out in 2027. 20, I, I got that fake 20 this year. They say fake money's out there. It's the first time I ever had one. I'm glad it wasn't a $100 bill. I would have been really upset. It got replaced, no problem. But fake will show up. Lies will show up is all I'm saying, right? You can't let that stop us. Be authentic. Be who you are. Know your imagination creates. This is 25 years at IBM. This last picture I'll show you is the day that I found out um, what my real name was. I wasn't even born with the name Angela. And I celebrated with my aunt. I went to Boston. I found original birth certificates, adoption papers, trying to find dad's name. And back then, they could decide not to put the name on there. So I'm showing you the hair real quick. And it went to this because I told you about that convertible. Hair can't blow in the wind with the convertible. However, decision, cut all my hair off. People walk right by me now. They don't know who I am. But the soul is there. They hear me. They feel me. I have graduated to a new life because I can see clearly now the lie is gone. And when you know that you are a child of that which is powerful, which is inside you, which is how you rock and roll, there's nothing you can't do. And so it is. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.